Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Dr. Thomas Wright is on a phone line, uh, the chief medical clinical, uh, the, 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 the president of medical affairs at Rosecrans. I've got a long title for you here, doctor, and I just stumbled on it. Thank uh-huh. you for joining us today. How are you? I'm good, John. I'm glad to be with you. John Fetterman has checked himself in, suffering from what we understand is depression. I wonder if you could just give us a little bit of a roadmap for that sort of thing. For instance, do sometimes physical ailments trigger depression, or are those parallel tracks? They're not necessarily related. You know, uh, we don't always know what causes you know major depression, a major depressive episode, as we call it in, in my field. Uh, it's the nature versus nurture. I mean, people have to be biologically predisposed to it at the very least. And then externally, there can be events that you have in your life, in your environment, you know, like a stroke or like a heart disease or bypass surgery or cancer that can sort of assault your body in many ways. And um, we do know that people, as they're recovering from any of those things, are much more likely to develop depression. So, you know, I, I, I haven't examined John or Mr. Futterman. You know, I don't know his case, but it's not uncommon when you look at statistics to see uh, after an event like he had uh, that depression um, has sort of shown its face. Well, now that you mention it, a member of my family suffered a heart ailment, a heart attack, had surgery, recovered, but then went into depression afterwards. And I think we attributed that just to the fact that, well, it's depressing. But you say that some folks do that, some don't. There's maybe a biological trigger we might not even know we have, huh? That's exactly right. And But we can also say it's a nurture thing, too. I mean, it's uh, you know, or an environmental thing, too, in that it is pretty stressful to go through something like that. And, you know, when you're in the middle of something that's uh, difficult like that, you know, you sort of kick things in gear. You have a lot of energy. You try to push things through. When you sort of have a moment to sort of breathe and say, aha, I made it, that's when other things uh, sometimes kick in. So, yeah, I, I, you know, your family member, I have a family member, you have a family member. I bet most of your listeners, as they even hear about this, think about another family member, you know, who went through a major medical event and developed some depression afterwards. See, postpartum depression after yeah, a pregnancy right, or a right. difficult pregnancy is really common, too. So this, this what he's going through is, not a, is something that's uh, probably common to most families in the United States. Well, there's that word depression, but is it different things to different people? Is it maybe even a different ailment, or what is depression and what's common about it for folks? Well, you know, the way we describe it is sort of a pervasive, you know, we look at two sets of symptoms with it. Some are more mental or sort of how you're thinking, and some are more physical or somatic, as we call them. Um, So how you're thinking would be a pervasive sense of sadness, lack of motivation, feeling of worthlessness, and maybe even to the point where you're thinking about killing yourself or suicide. And then the other set of symptoms that we look at uh, with it too are things we call somatic symptoms. Um, It might be uh, not eating as much or eating a lot more. Uh, Sleeping Mm -hmm. poorly is a big thing that people have uh, along with it. Uh, Aches, pains, stomach aches, headaches, things like that 
all could be a part of a depression thing. And you have to sort of look at none of those by themselves is depression, but you sort of have to clinically look at those as a, as a whole picture with a person to see whether or not depression is what is likely the cause underneath all that. I wonder if we tend to devalue what people are going through because we overuse the word. You know, it's cloudy. I'm depressed because we haven't had much sunshine. And it affects me, but it's it's not what Mr. Fetterman is going through, right? I think you're right. You know, I don't know how to do something different that in, in my field. I'd say, well, you're probably not depressed. You may be sad. When I think of a depression as a yeah. psychiatrist, I think of a pervasive thing that's lasted weeks despite things that are going on in your body, in your body. So, you know, sometimes we're not specific with our, our words, but no. that's the case. And somehow Mr. Fetterman knew, you know what I'm, but I'm, I mean, I, I don't want to be excited about depression, but what I'm excited about, you know, for someone that's worked in this field for 30 years, one of the biggest obstacles I have, you know, with my patients is, is, is talking about it and coming in for help, you know, and he's been very public about that. So from that perspective, as a mental health therapist, care provider, I think he starts knocking down those bricks that are part of that stigma wall, you know, um, a little bit. It's to me as a doctor, it's the same as if he broke his arm, you know, and if he broke his arm, you know, you'd come in and get treatment and you wouldn't be ashamed about it. And he's acting as if he broke his arm, which is wonderful. You know, it's something we can help with. Doctors can help with. So uh, I I I had that same thought. I sort of appreciate his public nature. Well, not from a clinical perspective like you do, but just following the campaign, we know that his health generally was called into question and that he would acknowledge that I have this depression issue right now, I think is maybe uh, politically dangerous for him. It's not like they're going to throw him out of office, but it's sort of an acknowledgement that this man wasn't 100 percent and yet still he goes for treatment. So hooray for that. A minute left here, doctor. What does treatment look like then for uh, John Fetterman or any of us? I, I'm sure it's a broad brush again, but just talk a little bit about the range. Oh, there's all kinds of, I mean, it's individualized. And I certainly don't know Mr. Fetterman or where he's at or what he's getting there. But it's a broad range of things that uh, one can, and some uh, talk therapy can be really quite effective. Um, there are lots of medications that are useful, you know, dozens these days. Um, in the winter, in the Midwest, a lot of, you know, I treat a lot of people that have seasonal affective disorder, sort of this pervasive sadness and, um, and, and maybe lack of motivation. And we can use, you know, I often use things like pro, probiotics or magnesium supplements, vitamin supplements, and even a, a light, you know, light therapy with uh, 10,000 walks or more that you shine in your face 20 minutes a day can be useful. So you have to individualize it. But what I want people to there's a lot of things to know. There's a lot of things that we can do. And even if you have resistant depression that hasn't responded to any of that, there's there's things such as transcranial magnetic stimulation that we offer at Rosecrans that can help people that haven't been able to be helped by anything else. There's just lots of hope, lots of research and lots of hope. And that's why I'm really proud and happy about uh, Mr. Fetterman and his breaking down of the stigma and uh, going for going for help. But what an example for all of us. It's possible that he would yet be able to be an effective thinker, senator, uh, a responsible person in that capacity? Uh, not only is it possible, I think he will. I mean, the treatments are great out there. You know, is it possible that after someone has a broken arm and it heals, that they could be a good senator? Uh, it, it maybe isn't as, as simplistic as that, but, you know, uh, absolutely, I, I think it is. And I think it's likely. And I think it's probably what is going to happen, especially since he's willing to sort of address this issue. 
Thomas Wright is a doctor and chief of clinical excellence and the president of medical affairs at Rosecrans. Really interesting today. Thanks for your help today, Doc. We'll talk another day. Okay, very good, John. Nice to talk to you.